eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insight into recruiting on the 40 acres. Each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The state of recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. All right, Mike. Welcome in. How you doing this week? I'm good, Bobby. It's uh, last week of the Texas high school football regular season, and so I'm a little travel weary, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Gotcha. And I guess I was going to ask you, last week of the season, how many teams from each classification make the playoffs these days? Uh, for the most part, four. Um, when you get into the lower levels, it gets a little different based on um, you know district size, but uh, in the higher levels, really when you're talking 3A and up, it's the top four. Who do you have as your picks to be the state champs this year in the classifications? A couple of the big ones. You know, I, I really haven't sat down and, and done that until I get a bracket and see what the exact road to that is. But, I mean, in 6A, D1, I think we there's a chance we get another matchup between Duncanville and Katy. Or, I'm sorry, Duncanville and North Shore. Um, I do think Duncanville Katy is also a, a big possibility. I think this is the year Duncanville uh, gets it done and, and gets over the hump and wins that state championship. And then uh, 6AD2, I would probably have, um, I think maybe uh, Highland Park. I'm sorry, not Highland Park. Highland Park would be 5A. Uh, 6AD2 would be, I think uh, Longview has a really good shot at repeating again, too. Um, I like Highland Park. I like Shadow Creek also, um, which they may run into Highland Park. But um, there's a couple of, of, of really good teams, and I think there's a good chance we see a lot of repeats this year, a lot of teams back. Because at State last year, I noticed a lot of those teams were, were sophomore and junior heavy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> North Shore and Duncanville certainly were, um, based on their uh, their uh, youth and, and uh, at the skill positions in particular. All right, so – Texas, in, from a recruiting perspective, last week they lose Ethan Pouncey, the corner out of Florida, because his brother Jordan uh, decides to transfer from Texas over a lack of playing time. A lot of people could see that Jordan just wasn't going to see the field. So this isn't all that surprising, although losing 
the brother Ethan, who is a talented cornerback prospect, certainly puts a hole in the situation. But this week, Texas steps forward and gets a commit from Dejon Harrison, the the young player out of uh, Hutto. What can you tell us about him? Well, first, let me talk about uh, Ethan Pouncey a little bit. I think that okay. when you when you look at these decommitments um, in a in in a collective group, they obviously don't look great, right? Anytime you have decommitments, it, it indicates some instability and, and things of that nature. Um, but I think if you look at them in a vacuum, you can kind of see them for what they are. And if Texas was undefeated in the number one team in the country right now, and Jordan Pouncey decided he was going to go into the transfer portal, I think Ethan Pouncey still would have decommitted. Um, and, and so that was just a, an unfortunate case. And timing-wise, ran into uh, with the other two and made it look like things were really falling apart. Um, the other thing about Ethan is, from what I understand, has some serious, pretty serious injury issues and probably would not have been able to even step on the field but for a year or two uh, when he first got to college. So um, hopefully he gets those things figured out and, and gets back to you know playing well and um, playing straight. But uh, you know I, I don't know how big of a loss it was other than it was just another body at that position. Now, when it comes to Dejon Harrison, this is a kid we've talked about a lot in the last month or two. I think um, our site, Horns 24-7, which, by the way, you can subscribe and, and read a lot more in-depth uh, coverage than what you get here over there. But um, I think we probably led the way on informing people about Dejon Harrison. Um, he was a name I started to hear pop up uh, over a couple months ago. And I'll actually give um, Clint Buckley, our other recruiting reporter, the credit on this. He went out to see Hutto in the spring and came back and said, this Dejon Harrison kid is, is incredible. And he just decommitted from TCU and I'm going to stay in contact with him. Cause I think, you know, he's a guy Texas could circle back to. And uh, he was right. Um, I think he's a, a about 5'10, 180 uh, is 11, one, 100 kid on his last recorded time as a junior. So not elite, elite speed, but pretty fast for, for a high school kid. Um, his tape shows really incredible explosion. He can play receiver. Um, he can also play corner. He, play, he does both for Hutto. Uh, a source of Texas told me they really liked him as a dark horse at the corner position. Um, but really, it was more about getting just an athlete that can make plays in space and um, and figuring out where to put him. To me, this is the type of kid that goes to a, a Kansas State or a TCU or Oklahoma State, and then we wonder why why Texas didn't recruit him years down the road. And so um, it, it's interesting to see that they're now pulling the trigger on guys like that. But uh, not a guy that I, that's going to blow the, the socks off you from a ranking standpoint or from an offer list standpoint, but a guy who I think has a, has a chance to be really good in that class and, and kind of be a sneaky, uh, a sneaky play. Yeah, I think that I, I watched this film, obviously, and what I saw wasn't so much a burst of speed as it was a, a short space quickness. Um, he made a lot of people miss in space, like a lot. And so I get where Texas is going with that. He is a slight size guy. He's only 5'10". Um, and so I, I wonder if, it, if all of that is going to translate. But uh, I definitely don't have any issues with, with the take. Uh, from that perspective, I think that he could play multiple positions uh, in a year where Texas has lost so much in the secondary. I, it's clear that you can never have enough defensive backs in in, uh, in uh, this league, even though I think that he may actually look a little better on offense as a slot to me. But um, long story short, nice pickup for the Horns, local product. And uh, like you said, I mean, it's, it's Texas has done a good job 
I think, overall of staying on players late into the process uh, and coming up with some some nice finds uh, relatively close to the to the end as we approach. I guess we're within a month now of the the uh, December signing period. So uh, good pickup there. Mike, next question. You talked about decommitments. Anybody else you're particularly worried about right now? I mean, let me ask you a name. Before you say the, the total list, let me ask some guy I haven't heard from in a long time. That's Vernon Broughton. How's his recruitment shaking out? Texas, he settled with Texas there and it's all done. Yeah, you know, I've, I've talked to uh, his, his mom and, and talked to Vernon a little bit, and there's been no second doubts from, from their side. They are uh, – Vernon is set to early enroll at Texas. Um, he's oh, set okay. to be done with his classes uh, soon, and he is extremely excited about um, uh, getting everything done with it and getting to Texas in January. So um, a kid who I thought there may be some – you know, maybe we'd have to watch if things went bad, but he has really not looked back since committing. Him and his family have been all in on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I have zero – I would have zero worries about him. In fact, I'd probably put Vernon in the top three or four kids that it would completely shock me if something happened. Um, and, I, and I'll see him this week, so we'll get to talk to him some more. Okay, good. So who are the guys right now that you're kind of hearing or you're kind of concerned with uh, from a uh, sticking with the program type situation? You know, it's still the out-of-state guys. It's still uh, Bijan Robinson and, and Van Fillinger. Now, I think things with Fillinger have um, have changed a little bit. I think Texas is swinging back into more control there. Uh, you know, with Bijan Robinson, he's been very plain with uh, his comments, and he's been very um, – I think up front with the Texas staff about the way he feels and you know it doesn't help probably when he tunes in and sees them going away from the run game and um, you know and running backs disappearing for time so they've really got some things they, they could work on to fix um, the thing that I where I think it gets very interesting is if USC hires Urban Meyer I think that 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 really changes the dynamic. So I think Texas really has to do all they can in the last month or two here to lock down Bijan, get him to sign, get everything done um, before USC can make a move on the coaching front and before he can, you know, really have any doubts. Um, I'm not saying that he's on decommitment watch, but I would say he's a guy that, again, he's been very upfront with his his thoughts on everything. Yeah, and, and I would say that USC is about 95% – unlikely to hire urban meyer based on the president their president's most recent um statement it it sounds like uh they're not going to go in that direction uh which leads you to wonder who who they might go after and how that uh, affects other players uh in on the west coast that texas is interested in uh, or could have been interested in uh robinson and, and fillinger also uh involved there um Anybody in state that you're concerned with? Um, I would say no. You know, I mean, we've heard some things on a couple guys. One thing that I think is interesting, and I don't know how it affects him. I need to, to talk to him more about it. Um, one of Ty Jordan's very good friends just uh, committed to Tennessee. Um, and, and Tennessee was probably a finalist for Ty when he committed to Texas. Um, outside of him... And that that's not to say that I've heard anything regarding Ty looking around, because I haven't. Um, you know, we, we've, again, looked into things with Jaquinta Jackson. Um, Oklahoma has certainly been trying, and they showed up at Duncanville last week while they were out on the road. Uh, but Texas was also there um, later in the week, and, and I'm, I'm still hearing that there's really not much going on 
uh, with with uh, Jaquinta Jackson looking elsewhere. Um, so, you know, I think that in-state, uh, this core is pretty solid. Gotcha. The uh, You mentioned you wrote about a, a kid uh, at Tyler Junior College this week that is now getting some interest from Texas. Tell us about, uh, tell us about him. Yeah. Maurice Wren, um, a favorite of mine when he was at Mesquite Horn as a wide receiver, you know, he played kind of both ways and Texas really kind of liked him as an outside linebacker when he was in high school. And I think there was a chance he was going to get, he had offers, I mean, big offers from schools like Washington, uh, Oklahoma State to come play outside linebacker and kind of rush the passer at 6'4", 220 with some athleticism. Um, but he got it in his head that he wanted to be a wide receiver, Bobby. And how many times have, have you probably heard that story? Um, so he d- decided to go to Louisiana Tech um, to play wide receiver and then got there and realized that he was in Ruston, Louisiana and uh, ended up transferring before the season started. Um, so he spent the last two years at Tyler Junior College uh, playing outside linebacker. Great kid, a kid I've been in contact with. In fact, I scolded him last night because he and I talk pretty often, and he just never mentioned that Texas has been increasing contact. He was like, oh, I thought you knew. Um, so I was like, how would I know you haven't told me? Uh, but, uh, you know, with with Maurice, I Texas had a lot of interest in him as a high schooler. There was a point in time where Todd Orlando went out to go see him uh, play, and um, – he didn't. It was a night where Horn only played him at wide receivers, so he didn't get it, a chance to see him in action. And um, I think a guy that obviously they've they've kept tabs on since he's been at Tyler Junior College, and um, you know, really, I I think he kind of fits as a as an outside, maybe a defensive end even, um, or a pass rusher, but could play inside with his size and athleticism. And I think if Texas offers, it's it's a done deal. And he was originally committed to Missouri, is that correct? Or is he still committed to Missouri? Yeah, I believe he committed to Missouri um, earlier this this year. He is uh, now open to looking around. Gotcha. Um, it, what other? What about the other linebackers Texas is is looking at? Anything new on those on that front? Well, they'll host Jaquandis Burns, the IMG linebacker originally from Terrell, uh, this weekend on an official visit. Um, he'll be in for the Kansas State game. I think Texas can um, can really make some progress there if they have a good visit and maybe lock him down as well. Um, it, it seems like they've, you know, or, excuse me. It seems early in the year, um, you know, when I when I would ask about linebackers, I I was continually told, well, we have enough linebackers and we're not really that concerned about depth. And now there seems to be some sort of mad scramble for. Um, for uh for linebacker depth so um we'll see where things stand with them uh josh white is always going to remain in the picture i believe um but i i just don't see things really happening with him he's another guy i'll see this week so uh we'll, we'll get an opportunity to check in with him but um that's pretty much it for now i think that it's really burns and um they'll see what's going on with maurice ren and i i think we'll probably see a few more targets either juco or, or high school guys identified yeah, I mean, you got to remember Jawan Mitchell. Nobody even knew he existed. At least Texas fans didn't until what a month from now. When was when did he first pop on the radar for the Longhorns? Oh, he didn't pop it, up until spring. Remember yeah, they so, they signed him in like May. Yeah, so just remember that whenever you start thinking that it's all going to be uh, uh, all going to be. Uh, uh, done right up now I, sometimes 
sometimes things wait, and uh, particularly uh, junior college prospects. Mike, uh, talk about where you, where you were last weekend. Where did you go, and, and who did you see? Uh, last weekend, so on Thursday, had a very cold uh, game. It was about 36 in the Metroplex when uh, Tom Herman landed his helicopter at C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton uh, to see Denton Ryan. Um, and uh, saw them beat the brakes off of Grapevine. Yeah, Denton Ryan is just crazy rolling. They'll probably be pretty much unopposed until they reach the fourth round of the playoffs, the, the regional final. And that's kind of where they've run into trouble every year. They've run into Highland Park the last few years and just haven't been able to clear that hurdle. I talked to both uh, Jatavian Sanders and Billy Bowman, the Texas commits on that team, about you know what's it going to take to clear that hurdle. And, and both of them say that they feel the team's a little more tight-knit now. And you know I think both of those guys have stepped up and are, are – bigger players on the team than they were this time last year as sophomores. Um, it's crazy. Billy Bowman runs a punt back for a touchdown just about every week, and yet some teams keep punting to him. Um, they did it again, and he, he housed a punt again. Um, really just uh, a kid that, again, I think fits from a – do they have many kids on the roster like him who can just stick their foot in the ground, change directions, and explode? Um I think he'll be a, a threat on, on return. I think he'll be a, a really good uh, nickel or, or safety if they really like him there. Um, and if he wanted to play receive, if they wanted to play him at receiver, he could be a really strong slot prospect. So it's a really good all around player. And then Jatavian Sanders was, was really good um, as a pass rusher. I, I, I just love his ability as a pass rusher and, and have since I saw him last year. Um, he, he can also play a little receiver slash tight end, but um, I really like him coming off the edge. I think he's a, he's a waste on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then on Friday, I made my way out to Scottsdale, Arizona for a little bit of better weather um, and went and saw uh, Saguaro in action. Um, and they played – so Saguaro is is timeout, Mike. Timeout, Mike. Yeah. The G. The, it, let's let's get it right. The G is silent. Oh, am I saying it's it wrong? Saguaro. Is it Saguaro? <laughs> yeah. It's Saguaro. Well, they told me Saguaro yeah. there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I yeah. That's that. That's on me then. That would be new to me. That's on Saguaro, me. Then. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. That's okay. So, so Saguaro is basically the dynasty of Arizona football. Right, um, right. They've got their state championships up on their stadium. They have won a state championship every year in this decade except for 2012. Um, so they uh, – I expected kind of maybe like an Allen-type atmosphere, and it really wasn't. It was it, – it's just a stark reminder of when you get outside of Texas that the, the atmosphere is much, much different. Um, but, you know, a really talented team. Obviously, there's to see Keely Ringo, the five-star corner. Um, Keely had just been presented his All-American Bowl jersey that day. Um, he played a little bit of running back. They maybe threw at him once or twice at corner. But the team pretty much that they played laid down, understood that they really had no shot. And they've got a, a D1 quarterback and just wouldn't throw the ball. And I think that upset Suaro's head coach, um, Jason Mons. Uh, but with Keeley, you know, things are uh, – we, t- we had the opportunity to talk after the game, ran a story on him earlier in the week. Um, things are still there with Texas. He plans to take an official visit um, in December. Uh, you know, he wants to take an official visit. He's got four left to the rest of his top five, which would be Texas, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. I don't think he's going to be able to fit them all in because they're going to make another deep run, and, and he basically has until the All-American Bowl when he plans to announce to, to get his visits in. But – um 
I think Texas will definitely be one of the schools that gets one. And, you know, they'll have a, a puncher's chance. I think that Georgia is is the clear leader. I think that Oregon may have even worked their way into second. He's got some some ties there behind the scenes that um, that I think makes Oregon attractive to him. But Texas has, has kind of always been in in his heart, and so I think that they'll have a chance to, to do something maybe on the visit. That That's very interesting because I, I just think that uh, he's a – incredible incredible talent and and if not the best one of the best players in the country so he's um was your assessment in that category i mean would you say he if he were playing in texas is he a top five prospect in the state of texas he'd be the number one prospect in the state of texas for me um he is he is and i didn't get to see a ton of him in corner because like i said they didn't really throw but he made like one of the first plays of the game they ran away from him they ran to the opposite perimeter and he tracked the guy down before he could get outside the the outside hash from the backside. Um, he just there's there's times when you go out to see five star guys, and I and I tweeted this that I've been out to Arizona twice this year to see guys who are ranked five stars, and you could tell within the first two or three minutes of seeing them that they are five star athletes, and, and that was Keely Ringo and Bijan Robinson, and um, I think he's. Definitely a five-star athlete. I would have loved to have seen him more in coverage, um, but I think that that kid is as as elite as elite gets. Gotcha. Where are you going this week? Uh, this week, so to wrap up the regular season, will be a three-day trip to Houston. Um, it's funny. I was actually talking to Jake Major's mom the other day, and she was asking me about traveling. And I said, "Yeah, I said it's been a lot. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this should be the end of it, and I'll be back in the Metroplex for a while." And then I remembered that I had scheduled this uh, three-day trip to Houston uh, to end the season. So uh, one more trip down the road, at least for the time being. Um, so Thursday night, I'll be able to see Troy O'Meer and Fort Ben Austin. Um, is there in action? Uh, Friday night, I'm going to see uh, 2021 uh, running back target LJ Johnson and Cy Fair against uh, 2020 linebacker target Josh White and Cy Creek. Um, that'll be my Friday night game. And then Saturday, I'm going to see Vernon Broughton um, against Cy Falls uh, on on the Saturday morning game to, to basically end the season. That's very interesting. So that that is a uh, that is a heavy dose of, of Houston for you. Um, Mike? Any uh, anything new on uh, other players out there like Kelvante Dixon and and uh, Alfred Collins? I know Texas is waiting on decisions from both uh, waiting on decisions from both of them. But have you heard anything? Uh, nothing real new. I think that uh, I think with both guys, I would expect you know anytime something could drop, it it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I think that. Uh, I think that both. I still think that both end up at Texas. Um, not sure, you know, what's going on as far as the the delays, but um, I think that Alfred. There's a chance Alfred may push his announcement to the uh, All American Game, which will be January fourth. Um, and I think that I, I, I'm not sure what Kilvante is up to, but I th- everything I've heard still makes me feel very confident that he lands at Texas. Okay. Anybody else or anything else we should be on the lookout for this week? Uh, you know, this is, um, it's the week where I think that you'll start to see visits kind of either trim down or or really expand based on who that you're recruiting. So teams that have kids in the playoffs, those, those playoff teams will go into tunnel vision a little bit. You'll start seeing less visits from them. Uh, kids on teams who are eliminated, they'll have nothing to do. So they'll start showing up at a lot more places. Um, so 
I think that there's a chance we could see some some guys here or there pop up and down. But other than that, you know, I think that this is going to be really about Texas getting themselves right on the field. Could really use a big win against Kansas State this week um, and, and try to turn things around there. And I think they're focused on that a lot more than recruiting at this point. And um, I think a lot of the recruits are focused a lot more on their high school playoffs and, and everything like that. Gotcha. Um you mentioned the IMG linebacker coming in. Is he the only official visitors this, this weekend that you're aware of at this time? Yeah, he's the only guy I've got down as of right now. Okay, gotcha. All right, Mike, I appreciate your time, bud. Thanks for uh, joining in, and uh, uh, your expertise is always uh, welcome. And uh, you're by far, uh, in my opinion, the the best uh, there is on Texas recruiting these days, and you seem to have a pulse on uh, just about all aspects of it. So. I wanted to say thank you to you. Also, uh, before I let you go, um, I wanted I, before I, we say this uh, follow up seg or the follow out here of the uh, podcast, I want to remind people that we have do have two other podcasts that you can subscribe to. One is the Blitz featuring Jeff Howe, uh, and then the other is uh, the Flagship with Chip Brown. Uh, both good quality. Uh, discussion about the Longhorns if you enjoy listening to this and and downloading them. Uh, But for Mike Roach, this is Bobby Burton. Thank you for joining us for the State of Recruiting. Uh, The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.